Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Well, God bless you. Turn to somebody and greet them and tell them it's good to see them. Thank you, band. Thank you, worship team. Tell them it's good to see you. Glad we didn't let the snow and the ice keep you home. Thank God for those that are tuning in and watching. Get your Bible. I'm excited. I really am. And uh, I say that all the time, but I really am. Really am. Get your Bible. Turn to Psalm 62. And uh, remain standing. If you would, we're going to read Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. And uh, we're going to give you exactly what God told me to give us this morning. Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. Are you ready? Y'all quiet, but are you ready? Amen. All right, let's read that out loud together. Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. To the chief musician, to Jeduthun, a psalm of David. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Thank you for your spirit that lives in us, that quickens us, that leads, guides, and directs us. We thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the power and the manifestation of the word that goes forth today in the hearts and lives of your people. Let us be changed for time and eternity. Let there be miracle signs and wonders. Elevate our faith, our thinking, and our living. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless your hearts. You may be seated. All right, then. I'm going to minister a word this morning entitled, Get Your Hopes Up. Get your hopes up. Look at someone and tell them, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Some of y'all may have never heard that phrase before. That's kind of an old idiom. It's an old phrase. Um, Actually, the phrase itself was said, but it was used in the reverse. In other words, when someone says, get your hopes up, they usually says, don't get your hopes up too high. Typically, that's how it was used in days of old. But we're not going to use it like that today. We're using it in the affirmative. Tell somebody, get your hopes up. Uh, when you think about getting your hopes up, it means to get excited about something that has yet to happen. It means to get excited about something that has yet to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but it doesn't have to happen for me to be excited. Because my hope 
tells me it's going to happen. I'm prophesying right now. I ain't saying, I'm not saying this, I say indeed this day, but I'm still prophesying. Because there's some things on the inside of you and I that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know God's getting ready to do. Somebody over here caught it. They got excited when they thought about it again because their hope is in it. They're getting their hopes up. And this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to get our hopes up. (laughs) He wants us to get excited about something that's yet to happen. (laughs) He wants us to become enthusiastic about something that is not yet happened, but it's guaranteed to happen. And this really, if you want to know the truth about it, this really is the Christian experience. We live daily being excited about the next day. We wake up every day excited because we pray this day into existence. To think about what's to come to get your hopes up is really something that we have to practice. Write that down. We have to practice. We have to remind ourselves to do. Because we live in a world that doesn't want us to expect what God says. We live in a world that does not want us to be excited about our future. We live in a world that wants to control our future. In fact, in fact, in fact, one of the things that we need to remember in terms of being a believer that walks by faith and not by sight is that when you think about expectation, write the word expectation down. Yeah, we might as well deal with that. The word expectation. See, the thing about expectation, no matter who you are and where you are in the world, this research has proven and has determined that the, 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 when you have low expectations of people, they tend to perform at that level. Trying to help a couple parents, too. Don't, don't have low expectations of your children because they'll perform even lower than your expectation. Any, anybody, anybody, we have several in here, coaches know that. Coaches know that. What makes a coach a good coach is they pull the best out of you. They pull out of you things you didn't even know that was in you to expect to come out of you. That's what a good pastor does. You, 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 don't, you don't know all of what God has gifted and put in you. you part of your re- reason for coming here is for me to pull that out of you. You should expect that. And this is what God expects. He, he wants to pull out of us all that he has put into us. Turn your Bible to Psalms 78. Turn to Psalm 78. Because... 
it's in the scriptures. I'm, you know, it's easy to see if you want to see it. Psalm 78. Um, let's start at verse number 40. Is Psalm 78, 40. How oft they did provoke him in the wilderness. They're talking about how Israel provoked God in the wilderness. How often they provoked God in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Verse 41, yea, they turned back and tempted God, watch this now, and limited the Holy One of Israel. Limited. The word limited there is the Hebrew word Shabbat. It, it, it means to put a mark and say, God, he can't go no higher than this. It means to box God in. You, you, you and I grieve God when we box him in. When we have low expectations of him. Say that again. We grieve God when we have low expectations of him. Remember, we, we said researchers have determined when you have low expectations of someone or something, they tend to perform at an even lower level. Could that be true of God? Could God not be showing up in your life because you don't expect him to? Could you only just be saved and getting by because that's all you expect to be is saved and getting by? They limited the Holy One. Are you limiting God? What mark have you put above God? They said he can't go no higher than that. What box have you put him in that has limited him from moving in your life? Tell somebody to get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. God wants to break out of your little box. Tell somebody. Let's just tell it straight. God's trying to break out of your little box today. Right now, today, he's trying to break out of the little box you put him in, the limitations you got for him, the little things you say he can't do, the stuff you crying about. God's been ready to do it for years. God wants to break out of your little box. Did he not say, am I, am I not God? Is there anything too hard for me? Why are you making stuff too hard for God? Why are you making things too hard for God? Why? You. How oft did they provoke him? How often do you provoke God? God, I wish you would do it. What do you mean you wish? He can do it. God, why don't you? He, he, he wants to do it. How often they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert. Yeah, they, yeah, they turned back and tempted God and limited, put a mark. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. Verse 42. They remember not his hand. You forgot what he's done for you already? Did you forget where he brought you from? How long have you been saved? You forgot all the times he brought you out. Really? All the times he brought you out before he can't do it. Now, God, I just. What? What? 
you got to remember his hand. Look, look at somebody next to you. So you got to remember his hand. His hand refers to his power. How many times that he's used his power to rescue you, to deliver you, to bless you, to raise you up? You must remember, if you're going to get your hopes up, you must remember what God has already done for you and tell the world and the devil to shut up. Sometimes you got to tell pain in your body, shut up. I remember what God has done for me. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from their enemies. How many enemies have you had over the years? (laughs) How many has he delivered you from over the years? Every single one. So tell the enemy you dealing with now, you're going to be just like the rest of my enemies in the past. I have no successful enemies. Somebody shout, I have no successful enemies. I've been trying to be your friend. You still want to be my enemy? Look at what happened to the rest of them. You should want to be my friend by now. Somebody get better give him some praise. You should want to be my friend by now. If you look at my past enemies, you don't want to be in that category. Get your hopes up. How he wrought, excuse me, they remember not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from their enemies. Verse 43, how he wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan. Remember the signs and wonders? Remember the x-rays that looked like he was going to die? Remember when the doctor said, we don't know what else we can do, but look at you now. You're here. You're alive. You're alive. You're Go back to Psalm 62. We'll go back there. David said, truly my soul waited upon God. From him cometh my salvation. My salvation comes from God. My soul, my mind, my will, and my emotion, my personality, that that makes up the real me, is waiting on God. (laughs) Why? He's the only one that can save me. He's the only one that's ever saved me. Verse 2 says, he's my rock, my only rock. I thought some folk was my rock. I crawled up on them and they sank with me. They said they was my rock. Oh, I got your back, doc. He's the only rock and my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be, watch this, greatly moved. I love that. I love the fact that David said, I shall not be greatly moved. 
Because sometimes we get shaken. Sometimes we get gut punched. Roll around on the floor, but we finna get up. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. I may got a gut punch, but I'm finna get up. <laughs> oh, I'm finna get up from here. Because I'm lifting up my hope. My hope is going to another level. I'm not going to stay in this condition. I'm getting my hope up. And when I get my hope up, I'm getting me up with it. Somebody say, I'm on my way up. Somebody say it like you really mean. I'm on my way up. I've been here too long. I'm getting my hope up. David said, I shall not be greatly moved. In other words, the enemy can't do no major damage to me. Look at somebody say, you look better than you're supposed to look. Because the devil couldn't do no major damage. Folk would even know you got hurt if you hadn't said nothing. Folk would even know you've been through nothing if you opened your mouth. Why? Because you ain't greatly damaged. Somebody smile with your 32 teeth because you look real good even though he busted you in your mouth. You still smiling good because the devil can't greatly damage you. You look good in the spirit realm. You look good in the Holy Ghost. I ain't saying I didn't get hit, but I didn't get greatly damaged. Prophesy to your finances. Say, oh, I may have lost something, but I'm getting it back in 2023. Oh, my finances weren't greatly damaged. Oh, I got hit. I lost this, that, and a stock and a bond of that. But I did not get greatly financially. Oh, my God. Let me calm myself down. Y'all trying to get me in trouble. Yeah, David said, I wasn't greatly damaged. Don't let everybody fool. Don't read. Don't believe what you read in newspapers. I took a hit, but I wasn't greatly damaged. I'm doing much better than most folk know. That's right. Jesus says in Matthew 10, 28, fear them not which can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. If you think I'm all to me as my body, you don't even understand the scripture. Jesus said, don't fear people that can just affect your body. We live in such a superficial world today that folk think if your body got hit, you done, you done lost everything. But, you know, I didn't mean to say this, intend to say this, but, you know, when you read the story of Job, Job came up and God brought up Job's name. And then the devil said something to Job and told him, OK, then just don't touch his body. Touch his stuff. See, that's the first thing the enemy goes after is your stuff. If you're carnal, you'll lose the victory because he messed with your stuff. But if you keep reading the story. The stuff that the devil touched, which was his family, it didn't impact Job. Eventually, the devil was allowed to touch his body. 
But the Bible says Job maintained his integrity. Tell somebody, keep your hopes up. Even if the enemy can touch your body, you won't be greatly damaged. Because you're going to come out just like Job came out. So don't fear them that can kill the body and not the soul, but fear him that can kill and put both body and soul in hell. If you got your mind together, you're going to make it. Write that down. If I keep my mind together, my mind will help bring my body out. I'm trying to help five more people. If I keep my mind right, my mind will help me bring my body out. I said the pastor, I'm on the way to church this morning. As much as we've learned and studied and, and we've had Dr. Lloyd and Kingdom Health over the years, these last seasons of my life, I've learned more about vitamins, minerals, and health in my entire life. Because I had to. I had to put my mind to help my body. I'm trying to help five more people. If you get your mind right, your mind can pull your body out of some stuff. <laughs> Say the devil can't destroy your soul. He can torment your soul, but he cannot destroy your soul. He can torment the mind, but he cannot destroy the mind. That's why you need to keep your mind on Jesus. You need to keep your mind in the word of God. Say amen. You'll get a new body anyway. Why are you tripping with this joker? You ain't keeping this joker forever. You'll get a new one. I need a new one right now. I ain't in no hurry to get it. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. I'm working with this one. I'm working with the one I got. I got my hopes up with this one. I got my hopes up with this one right here. People today, like never before, want to change their bodies, don't they? I mean, people are altering their bodies, putting horns in their head and piercings and tattoos and changing their sex. And my God, trying to experience the world from different perspectives. That's all it is. I just feel like and I'm, 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 this is not me. I'm just quoting somebody else. I just feel like I'm a man. I'm supposed to experience the world through a man's body. Well, let me tell you something. Whether you're a man or a woman, a hamburger is still a hamburger. <laughs> now, some of y'all are going to be thinking about that on the way all the way home. Mm -hmm. Daddy, what did Bishop mean? Let me, let, me, let me help you. Let me help you. It's really more profound than one might think. Because whether you are a woman chewing a hamburger or a man chewing a hamburger, it's still a hamburger. It's still a hamburger. Does the woman's chewing it change her experience about life versus the man chewing the hamburger? Of course not. It matters not. What matters is who God made you, the gifts he put in you, and the destiny he has for you. That's what changes things in your life 
and the lives of people around you. Not whether you're chewing a hamburger as a man or chewing a hamburger as a woman. Immaterial stuff. But the world wants you to think these things are deeply profound. So you miss God and you lose having your hope in why he created you in the first place. Psalm 62, 5. My soul waiteth thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions are still and silent. Why? Before my God, because I'm waiting on the manifestation of his promises. I'm waiting on what God promised me. He's the one that created me. He's the one that put purpose and destiny, gifts, callings, and graces on my life. I'm waiting on the manifestation of what he promised me. There should be nothing else we wait for. I'm talking about believers now. But what God promises. We should wake up every day, actually should go to bed, and wake up looking for what he promised. But what do most people do? (laughs) We go to sleep and wake up waiting on what the world says they're going to do. Have the Grammys, the Emmys, the Super Bowl. That's the stuff we wait on. Selah. The world tells us what to wait on. Let me, let me ask you this question. The pastor asked me this question yesterday, in fact. Who makes your schedule? Who tells you what to look forward to doing each day? Who? Your job? You? Your spouse? Or God, who makes your schedule? What do you wake up every day getting ready to do? Who told you to do that? How much of the stuff you're doing, God didn't tell you to do? So then we wonder why we don't see God. Because he made an appointment that you didn't know he made and you didn't show up. You went somewhere else. Man, y'all looking at me real serious. Because it's very serious, isn't it? Uh, Since I'm already in trouble. How many of you, each and every year, put a date on your calendar to meet with your sorority sisters. But God can't get you to put a date on your calendar every year to be with him. I told you I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> brother, same thing, brother, same. We're going to go golfing every year at this time. 
God can't put nothing on your calendar. You can't expect God to do that. What, 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 what? So we wonder why our experiences are what they are. Because our expectation isn't from God. Second Corinthians 10, 5. Now let's go back to Psalm 62. Let's go back there. My soul waiteth thou only upon God, for my expectation is from you. I'm expecting God to speak to me daily and lead God and direct me into his supernatural provision. So I live a supernatural lifestyle. If I don't, now I need to look at 2 Corinthians 10, beginning at verse number 5. I need to cast down imaginations, thoughts, reasonings, ideas, concepts that the world puts in my head that exalt itself over the ones God's been trying to put in my head. I need to cast that stuff down. I don't need to entertain what the world says is important. I need to cast down every thought, every idea that exalts itself against what God knows and wants me to know. I have to learn how to bring into captivity every thought and say, God it didn't say that to me. That's not a suggestion from God. God doesn't want me looking forward to that happening. I reject that. And I open my mind up to the word of God, and I look forward to what he says I should expect in my life. Yes. Write this down. I got to rid myself of all these crazy ideas the world is promoting. <laughs> you got to get rid of these crazy ideas the world is promoting. That's contrary to the word of God. Joshua 1, verses 8 and 9. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night so that you can observe to do all that is written therein. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. The only way you and I can make ourselves prosperous by walking in what God promises, we have to meditate on what he promised. I'm going to say it again. We have to learn how to meditate on what God promises so we can easily look forward to what he promised. The world knows that. The world's going to tell you, if you watch any TV, it's going to tell you a million times when the Super Bowl is. So you don't forget. We need to remind ourselves of what God says we should not forget. 
so that we can look forward to it happening. I came this morning to tell somebody. I came this morning to tell somebody, get your hopes up. God is about to do something supernatural in your life, something, a sign, a wonder. God is about to break the bar. He's about to raise the, He's about to do something extraordinary in your life. But you and I must expect it. And we got to remind each other to expect it next Sunday, Wednesday, expect it all through the expect God doing the great, expect the great, expect to be healed right now. You can be healed right now. Deacon is dawn prayed before the service. Somebody got healed before service even started because God can do it if you expect him to do it. He doesn't need me to wait and preach. He don't need me to wait and lay hands on you. Expect God to do it because God can do anything at any time because God is God. God is great. He's almighty. All you got to do is just Break the bar, take it the limits off God and let him be God. Just take the limits off of God, let him be God right now. You don't have to cry for it to happen. Nobody have to blow you over. You don't have to spit up green pea soup. Let God be God right now. Verse number nine, Joshua chapter one. Have I not commanded thee? This is what God said to Joshua. I commanded you, Joshua, be strong and have a good courage. Tell somebody, be strong and have a good courage. God commanded he was going to bless you. He promised he was going to bring you out. So just get strong. Just, just, just be strong now. Don't get straight. Just be strong. Just be stronger than you were when you walked in here. Just be stronger. You should already be anyway, but be stronger than you were when you walked in here. He says, have I not commanded thee? Be strong and have a good courage. Be not afraid. Somebody said, don't be afraid. Get your hopes up. Say, don't be afraid. Get your hopes up. He said, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. Wherever you go, he's there. The heart and mind of the saints, the saints of God should be to meditate day and night on the word of God. So we can expect only what he says to come to pass. I want what God said about you to come to pass. I want what God says about us to come to pass. See. As we meditate on the word of God, transformation happens in the soul. Write that down. As we meditate on God's word, transformation happens in the soul, in the mind, the will, our emotions, changes. There's a transformation. <laughs> We're no longer shaped by the world. That's Romans chapter 12. We're no longer shaped by what the world says. Instead, we're transformed, metamorphosis, meta, meta. Somebody's trying to claim meta. Somebody else is trying to create a meta world. Somebody else is trying to transform you. 
Somebody else is trying to change how you, how you think. Other entities are trying to change how your mind works. Google, Facebook, Microsoft, a meta world. <laughs> but our Bible tells us our world is changed by God's word. If you want your world to change, apply God's word to it. I know it's, it's, it sounds elementary, it's, it, it is. If you want your world to change, apply the word of God to your world. If you want the world <laughs> and the world system in your life, keep doing what the world says do. And keep thinking you're sexy too. See, <laughs> change is to be remade, to be reshaped. Change is necessary when there's a new paradigm to fit in. Ooh. Said it again. Change is only necessary when a pattern changes. When you're driving down the street, you never turn into the turn lane if you're going to keep straight. So when there's a paradigm or pattern change is when you need to begin to think about change. So in other words, don't let the world tell you it's time to change when the scripture says it ain't. We're hearing more and more. I don't mind. I don't, you know, we're hearing more and more um, respected, well-respected pastors get up and say, oh, I believe now you can be a homosexual and be a Christian. That pattern hasn't changed throughout Scripture. That, 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 you, that, that never changed. Thousands of years. That has not changed. That's a paradigm shift you need to leave alone. Hmm. See, the world is trying to change everything. This is what the enemy is doing from day one. He's trying to change everything, change what a woman is by definition, what a man is by definition, trying to change what sex is. Uh, trying to change what people are, what truth is, what holidays are. That's what the Antichrist will do, change the times and the seasons, y'all. It's a paradigm shift. It's changing the pattern so that you no longer understand and become confused about everything. What day is it? Who is it? Is God? Am I a man? Am I? What, what is going on? Now that you're confused, you've lost the ability to understand what reality is. 
And when you lose the knowledge of reality, you don't know what to hope for because you don't know what's real. So all this is trying to change reality. That's why they have virtual reality. So people become confused about the truth. Because if you can't hope in the truth, what will you hope in? Let me finish this. First Corinthians 2.16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. See, when we read the scriptures, of course, we're saved, transformed, spirit filled. As we renew our minds, we grow in knowledge and grace and we get the mind of Christ so we can know what the truth is and not be confused by the world. I'm not confused. I know what to hope in. I know what false hope is. I know that's a lie. I don't hope for that. Why? Because the word of God and the mind of Christ is governing how I think. We don't receive, we do not receive the spirit of this world. Say that with me. I do not receive the spirit of this world. I receive, we receive the spirit of God so we can know the things God freely gives us. So I know what to hope in. We have the mind of Christ so we know what to hope for and know what to hope in. We don't live in a matrix. When we were children, most of us, when we were children, we thought our parents could do anything. Remember? Remember you thought your parents could buy anything? Daddy, buy me that. Mommy, buy me that. You just thought they were limitless. These are your parents. They're limitless. Power. Just all power. Forget anything. And then we remember the day they told us that we were broke. <laughs> broke? What's broke? <laughs> We broke, son. <laughs> I've just been loving you real good, but I, one day I know I'm going to tell you, we broke. And, and if something like that similarly happened to you, it just kind of crushed your expectations. Man, I thought I was going to get all this stuff dad and mom was going to get. Now I know we broke. But my, bro- but my brothers and sisters in Christ, our God owns a cattle on a, a thousand hills. And, and, and somebody told me he don't eat beef. So the cattle ain't for him, it's for you and me. The God we serve ain't broke. Tell somebody, my heavenly father ain't broke. Tell her, tell, 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 tell somebody else, my heavenly father is not broke. J- 
Jesus said in Matthew 7, 11, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more shall our heavenly father give good things to us? Tell somebody, take your hope to another level. No, 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 no. You have to elevate your hope. We have to elevate our expectation. We have to take that mark that we said God. See, see, some of us, it's, 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 um, it's, uh, uh, um, it's in your subconscious mind. That line that God can't, he can't go higher than that. He can do this, but he can't do that. And, and this is why the word needs to be meditated on so it can go into your subconscious mind. And, and, and erase that mark, that limit, that, that mark you've cut off God and said he can't go any higher than that. You, you got you to you get rid of that today. You, you got to get rid of that. You got to raise your hope level, your expectation level. And I'm going to tell you why here again. Jesus said, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our heavenly father take care of his children? So you need to know that God's about to take care of you on another level. You, you, you got to get it deep down in your spirit, in your mind, your soul, whatever you want to call it, that God's about to take care of you on another level. It doesn't matter if mad cow, crazy chicken, it don't matter if Corona, it, you need to know in your mind right now, today, that if there's a food shortage, if there's another gang of ships on the, that, that cannot dock, that's got stuff in it you need to eat, it does not matter. My God is able to supply all my need according to his riches in you got to get rid of that mark you got to get rid of that limit switch in your mind and know your God will take care of you put that title back behind me Get your hopes up and leave it there. Put it back up there. Put your hopes up. Y'all be seated. You got to keep your hope up. I mean, even Jesse Jackson came along 20 years ago. Keep hope alive. You got to keep hope alive. Because without expecting anything better, you settle for what you got now. Now let's finish. Y'all okay? See, the fact that we got to keep our hopes up is biblical. It's a command. It's been commanded in so many different ways and forms. But I'm going to give you just the simple raw form because that's just kind of how I roll. So Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7. Jesus is speaking again. Watch this now. He says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Uh, when we're asking God for something, we're not asking our parents that told us that broke our heart. We broke. We're going to do the best we can and try to get it for you. But if we can't get it, just know we love you. 
That's kind of the old way of saying get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. We, you, we're going to try. We're in the middle to get it. Many of us live like that for years. But Jesus says, if you want something, ask. And it's going to be given to you. Is that in your Bible? Hmm. He says, seek, and you'll find. Is that in your Bible? Hmm. Let me say this to you so you know straight up. Did you know, you might want to write this down. Did you know that we are to expect everything we ask God to be given to us? We are to expect everything we ask God for him to give to us. I'm going to say it again because you, you really, I don't know if you're really, really hearing me. We are, we, we are to expect whatever we ask God for him to give it to us. <laughs> we are to expect whatever we ask God for him to give it to us. We just read it. I don't even know if you caught it. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given. What he said, whatever you ask, I'm going to give it to you. See, you don't even believe it. Some of y'all would be shouting, we'd have to shut the church down. If you really believe that, we'd, just shut, we'd have to shut the church down. Cameras would be shaking, folk be, oh God. If you really believed that everything you ask him, he wants to give you, it would change your life. But Jesus just said it, ask and it shall be given you. Whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it. I'll make sure you find it. Somebody say, it's time to get our hopes up. God wants to give me some stuff I didn't really think he really wanted to give me. But now I see he really wants to give it to me. God's going to help me find some stuff I've been looking for. I didn't think I was supposed to find it. But now I know I'm going to find this. This blessing is coming in my life. God, I'm getting my hopes up. Luke 12, 32. I'm almost done. Jesus is speaking again. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You ain't got to look for the kingdom. Your father going to give it to you. If you can't find the kingdom, just wait. If you think you can't find the kingdom, just hold on. He's going to give it to you. <laughs> it's right there in the Bible. If you really want the kingdom, you should be happy right now. Because you're guaranteed to get it. Romans 8, 31, 32. What shall we then say to these things? 
If God be for us, if God want to give me his kingdom, who going to stop him from giving it to me? Oh, Shabbat Hallelujah. If God wants to give me his kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, nothing missing, nothing broken, wholeness, health, wealth, prosperity, who's going to stop him from giving it to me? I'm going to get my hopes up. I'm going to walk in some stuff. What, what, what can you say? What can the devil say? No, you can't have that. Come on, you, come on, devil. What, 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 what can I say to these things? If God be for me, who? 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 Where are they going to come from? Who can be against us? Watch this now, verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Get your hopes up. Because you really don't lack anything. Whatever you need is on the way. Whatever you need is on the way. If he gave us Jesus, nobody, nothing's more valuable than Jesus. So go ahead and get your health. Go ahead and get your wealth. Get the car. Get the house. Get it. Nothing's more valuable than Jesus. So if he gave us Jesus, you can get everything else that God has for you. It ain't about it. It's nothing. Get your hopes up. Now, let's, let's, let's just solidify this and let's go home. Let's just solidify this and go home. And um, I kind of cut my teeth on this back in the, in the 90s, this part here. I'm going to teach you here. And so it, 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 there's, there's some tinge of controversy to it, but we're just going to read the scriptures, okay? And then Mark 11, Mark 11, uh, in verses 20 through 24, Jesus had cursed the fig tree. He walked by with his disciples and the fig tree had leaves, but it didn't have any fruit. And Jesus cursed the fig tree. And the next day they walked by and Peter noticed the fig tree. He said, whoa, Jesus, whoa, whoa. That bad Oscar cursed is withered and dead. And, and, and Jesus says, Peter, have faith in God. Peter, have faith in God. And then in verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verses 23, 24, this is, this is where I cut my teeth. Jesus says, for verily I say unto thee, that whosoever say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things that he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. I can ask God for whatever I want and he's going to give it to me. And if I speak a word in faith, it's going to happen just like I want it to happen. Man, what kind of hope does that give you? What kind of hope does that give you that no matter what you confront that opposes the will of God in your life, you can speak to it. It's got to move. 
What kind of hope would you have if you really believe that scripture that when you wake up tomorrow, I don't care what I'm facing, I'm going to speak to it and you finna get out the way and I'm going to keep on stepping in the will of God, walking at the speed of purpose. I don't care what it is. Whatever I need, I'm going to ask God the Father. And he said, whatever I ask him, he'll give it to me. I don't have any need that won't not be supplied. What kind of hope? Kind of hope would we have if that's what we can expect every day of our Christian life? Everyone stand on your feet. Lift your hands. Get this soak in this word right now. Soak under this anointing right now. God did not anoint you to disappoint you. I'm going to say that again. God did not anoint you to disappoint you. Get your hopes up. Saints, we've entered a new paradigm. We've entered a new season that requires a different mode and level of thinking, doing, believing, and behaving. Get your hopes up. It doesn't matter what you did not see, what did not happen. I know the scripture says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. You're about to see a tree of life. You're about to see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your faith, your long-term abiding, unflinching faith is about to give birth to the manifestation of some things you hope for. Hey, God. Long-term fasting, praying, believing, abiding faith. Is going to give manifestation to things we've hoped for. The body has hoped for. The body of Christ has hoped for. Get your hope up. Elevating our hope is going to break barriers of hope. There are hope barriers that are being broken right now. Barriers in your mind, barriers in your heart where you thought God had stopped, that he was done, that that's it. But barriers of hope are being broken down right now in the name of Jesus. And God is expanding his territory in your mind and in your spirit. He wants to do greater things. Your prayer life is going to change. It has been upgraded and you're going to begin to declare what thus saith the Lord through signs, wonders, and miracles. And God's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power of the hope that's in you. Ask and it shall be given you. Ask. Don't be afraid to ask for the big stuff. Ask for the big stuff. Ask for the impossible. 
Ask for the improbable. Ask for what most people wouldn't dream of. Ask for what others don't believe is possible. Ask your God. Is he not God? Is there anything too hard for him? Ask. Everyone that asks receives. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more Jesus said if you ask if one of your children ask you for bread you wouldn't give them a stone I came this morning to tell you no more stones will be passed out no more stones will come into your life when you ask, your father will give you bread. He's going to give you bread. He's going to give you life. He's giving you strength. He's giving you health. Don't expect a stone. Don't expect a no. God's going to give you bread. And he said, if your son, your daughter, your child asks for fish, give him a serpent. No more serpents will be passed out. God doesn't pass out serpents, only fish. Get ready for an abundance of fish. Get ready to eat. Get ready to sit at the table of the Lord. Hallelujah. Get ready. And then the Lord told me to tell us all, not only is he going to give you what you asked for, he's going to give you better than you thought. He's going to give you better than what you asked for. He's going to give you better. Get ready for better. Get your hopes up, church. Get ready for better. My last scripture, which is proof text for it all. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. God's are getting ready to do. Hey, get your hopes up. 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 Get ready. God's about to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. Get your hope up. Do not let your hope lie on the ground. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.